Hello, and thank you for tuning in to The Escafil Files, a book analysis podcast where one diehard fan and one newbie start yet another podcast about Animorphs, the children's book series by K.A. Applegate. I'm Danielle, I use she or they pronouns, and you can find me on the internet at redtailedhawk90, and my co-host is Jade. Hello, I'm Jade, you can find me on Twitter at jadeoxidrose, and I use they, them pronouns. We'll be making our way through the books one book at a time, analyzing the themes and how they stand up to time, and sharing the experience with our friends on Discord, the link to which you can find in the show notes. Today, we have a special guest. Uh, Brian, welcome. Hello! It's me, Brian. Uh, have fun with that waveform, uh, Danielle. Uh, <laughs> I use he, him pronouns. You can find me and the podcast that I DM, The Room Where It Happened, on Twitter, at RoomWherePod. You can hear me and our good friend August uh, talk about Steven Universe on uh, the Gay Space Rocks. It's at Gay Space Rocks. Um, you probably already know about dumb kids playing hero because you listen to this show, and I, I, I don't know much about this show because I've willfully had to ignore it, so I don't poison myself with canon. Unfortunately, uh, <laughs> I'm a bad friend. Let's go. <laughs> uh, so, <laughs> am I the am I the most excited person yet for your show? Yeah. Uh, I mean, maybe. Uh, usually usually our level is like here (laughs) i don't even know where that level is i know i know this is because we record tend to be at 9 a.m and it's just like (laughs) normally danielle's been doing a raid the night before so they're just like "Mm, i make choices (laughs) (laughs) so this is sort of a a mulling over the breakfast kind of podcast until we get to something emotional or particularly dumb and then the yelling starts yeah usually about halfway through we've we've warmed up (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> like a diesel engine of podcasts yeah yeah i suppose it's like paul because well, the episodes are like two episodes per book or they have been so mm-hmm. far it's just like the first episode nice easy listen book two shit gets real <laughs> or episode two book yep. shit gets real yep uh brian why don't you tell us about your knowledge of animorphs um okay so i'm on an animorphs inspired actual play podcast i've never read uh I may have read one of some of the books when they were like legitimately coming out because I'm an old motherfucker. Um, You're younger than me, Brian. <laughs> uh, I'm Dusty Bones in this chair. The uh, <coughs> um, outside of that, um, I've gleaned most of my animorphs knowledge through Google image searching uh, cursed things to put into chat while we record. <laughs> Uh, I did watch a two-part YouTube thing that somehow made it into my algorithm about the Animorphs, even though I've never willfully sought out anything Animorphs-related on YouTube. Um, (laughs) So I have just the most cursory knowledge of, like, just the dumbest shit from the show. Uh Like, Uh I assume it is... So I had this list of questions of like, what? The, oh, is this the episode where X is going to happen? Uh, <laughs> at the beginning, like, is this the episode where like a gamer gets so good at a game he becomes a god and then makes his gamer tag his name? <laughs> is this the episode where uh, sassy Dark Souls aliens uh, use the use the will of their dead leader to like harass some teenagers? <laughs> That sounds uncannily accurate, yeah. 
is this the Please, episode Brian. where the animorphs have to put the dinosaurs down like gold or old yeller behind the fucking <laughs> barn? <laughs> oh fuck! Uh, oh, so we thought it would uh, actually. I think Brian suggested it when we first started making Escaville Files. I was like, "Hey, you should have me on." Uh, and I won't read the book, and we'll just riff. And we were like, that's hilarious. We should do that. Um, and so here we are. Yep. <clears throat> and immediately after that, I was like, you know what book that would be good for? Book 14. <laughs> and Jade was like, why would book 14 be a good one, Danielle? And I said, just wait. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and before we started recording, I was shouting to Danielle, the first thing I said about, I said was, what the fuck is this book? <laughs> So that's that's the energy we're bringing in uh, to this complete book. disrespect. <laughs> it's weird because like it's so dumb, but there are honestly some really good character moments here. I was gonna say I really love the characterization consistently through this book. Yeah. So I'm just like, why is all this good shit being wasted on this fucking story? <laughs> yeah. Like what the hell? Yeah. Um. But we'll get yeah. into that as as we go. <laughs> yep. Uh, so as mentioned, we're reading book 14, The Unknown. Uh, some book-specific content warnings for this book include just a fuck ton of sanism uh, and uh, horses. Look, lots, horses lots are of horses. upsetting for a number of reasons. They, uh, it's fine. I understand. Uh, Would you like to know a fact about me and horses? <laughs> yes. They try to kill you. Uh, no, I just don't like them. They intimidate me. They're like big horse. They're like big because they're like kind of like big grumpy dogs that could at any point in time, if they choose to kick me in the face so hard, I die. <laughs> yeah. Have I told you to the story about how my dad was nearly killed by a shire horse? No. Wait, what's a shire horse? Uh, Like a draft horse, a big one. One of the really oh, okay, big okay. ones. Oh, those are big, scary horses. <laughs> yeah. So they were staying at friends uh, camping in their garden because their friends only had like a very small house. And this was uh, a shire horse called Magic. He was a very lovely horse who was so clever, he could knock on the back door of the cottage. <laughs> um, This is the most English thing I've ever heard anyone explain. <laughs> <laughs> You're welcome. But um, yeah. Magic had not encountered a tent before, and oh. in the morning, um, as was Magic's one, he tried to knock on the side of the tent and put his foot down and narrowly missed stepping on my dad's head mm-hmm. by like an inch as the tent just gave way under the weight of this horse. God. He was fine. The horse was just kind of nonplussed when my dad got out of the tent and started yelling at him. <laughs> um, buck naked, because why wouldn't you be sleeping naked in the middle of the summer in a tent? Just as you do. This was before I was born. So, But this is one of those stories that I heard numerous times. But yeah. God. Horses yeah. are a creature. I think we've talked about this in the, uh, in the Escafil Files uh, mm-hmm. chat before. Because is it Kit has horses? Uh, and uh, has explained has tried to fight the good fight for horses and we're just like no (laughs) they walk (laughs) on their fingernails they're Mm -hmm. weird listen i'm sure horses are sweet i'm just weird yeah i'm inherently scared of these eldritch monsters that we've moderately tamed (laughs) yeah i have a lot of respect for an animal that powerful 
just because it's like an herbivore does not mean it couldn't kill me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Easily with with no with no concern, it would kick my head in and then continue to eat grass. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. So that's why I put a that's why I specified a book specific content warning for horses. Yeah, uh, those of you who have never seen this book before, Cassie morphs into a horse on the cover. Uh, you kind of know what you're in for going in with regards to horses, um, but there are a lot, lot of mentions of, of uh, there's a lot of mentions of poop in this book. If that bothers there is, you. yeah. Uh, in the way that, like, teenagers yeah. and kids like to joke about poop levels of talking yeah. about it. It's, it. Yeah, it's toilet humor. Ha! Emphasis <laughs> on the toilet humor. <laughs> <laughs> I was wondering if you were going to cut on to that, but yes. Oh, God. Okay, so... Uh... <laughs> should we get into it? We should get into it. Uh, the book opens in our usual way. Uh, with Cassie introducing herself. Uh, this is a Cassie narrated book. Um, Wait, Brian, and- do you want the PDF of the book so you can actually look at it as we go now? No, I got the Wikipedia entry open. It's the same okay. thing, right? <laughs> <laughs> sure. <laughs> it's here on Seropedia. Seropedia is pretty good. Yeah, I know. I just... I'll. Like, Seropedia ranks up there with, like, Wikipedia as, as like, the, the try-hardest names for a wiki. <laughs> you also can tell how diehard a fan base is by how comprehensive their uh, fan wikis are. Mm-hmm. Seropedia is impressive. It is. It really is. <laughs> uh, so we we start off with Cassie describing herself. Um, she describes herself as very average, uh, short, um, stocky and solid, um, and w- doesn't wear makeup, has a wardrobe that runs the gamut from jeans all the way to overalls, two pairs of boots, both covered in mud and animal poop, uh, rubber gloves, uh, because she works with her dad in the, uh, wildlife rehabilitation clinic, uh, out of their barn. So we open on them just talking in, talking to each other. Are they in the barn when they're having this conversation? I feel like oh, they are. I assume Rachel is visiting. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Because because Cassie's doing a normal bit. Um, she feeds the animals, mm-hmm. uh, does their meds, cleans out cages, helps uh, change dressings, and she's currently learning like how to do sutures. I really don't want that to come up in text later that she knows, but. Not in this book, at least. Um, <laughs> but yeah, she's really drawing this point of comparison between the way she looks and dresses compared to Rachel, her best friend, tall, willowy, blonde, fashion icon, Rachel. Um, but what I like about this um, is Cassie then immediately goes to talking about, because uh, she talks about how she isn't cool, but how it mm-hmm. doesn't really matter because like her best friend is cool mm-hmm. and the guy who likes her and she likes uh is described as the smartest strongest most balanced person i know mm-hmm. or i've ever met which is upsetting frankly yeah. and uh even describes her parents as being cool but in a parental way yeah but it's talking about like how her wardrobe doesn't set her back because she's got these cool friends and these terrible enemies and then we get the uh, info about the yurks uh the usual spiel um 
And yeah, but despite all the amazing things Cassie can turn into as an animorph, um, she's still just her and driving Rachel mad because she doesn't care about clothes. And Rachel's like, please, let's go shopping. I want to get you a pair of jeans that fit you. Yeah. And Cassie's like, eh, these are fine. And they like stop above her uh, socks. Yeah, they're high waters. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I love uh, that Cassie, you know I love you. You know you're my best friend in the whole world, but those jeans are so short. <laughs> you could wade across the Mississippi and not get them wet. When did you buy them? When you were four? Um, <laughs> in fact, are you saying these too short? Not if there's a flood coming. Um, <laughs> I love their just, banter here. It's it's real good. Um, yeah. But Rachel's just like, look, I'm going to the place. They're having sales. I want you to come with me. And so things Tessa, I know about Rachel. Like, um <laughs> She loves deals? Yes. Like, is this a character trait somehow? <laughs> Where does she get... Does she, her, par- her parents are rich? Yes. yes. Okay. Because, like, everybody's like, oh, Rachel, she loves shopping for deals. And I'm like, okay. She's like 12, right? <laughs> yeah. She's 13. Uh, she's 13, okay. Her, her mom is a lawyer and her dad is a hotshot uh, television hacker. newscaster. Yeah. Uh, so she she's pretty loaded um mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but she she loves shopping and they oftentimes they um they compare her hunting for a deal with the same intensity that she like goes into battle with which i find kind of cool mm-hmm. it's got that same kind of like search for the best thing and negotiate down to the best price and etc cetera, etc cetera. it's yeah it's pretty yeah. funny uh also, uh, make sure you click view original on that image that I posted in chat. Oh, oh okay. Oh, God. Yeah, so. Okay, what are we doing? <laughs> Is it a GIF? It's a GIF, yeah. Of the flip. Oh, I didn't. I, apparently, Seropedia puts a GIF of the flip book at the bottom of all the entries. Oh, nice. Yeah. Oh, that actually looks pretty fucking cool. That's, That's much really less good. unsettling than the uh, cover, quite frankly. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's I the- think in motion, it works better than yeah, just it a, does. a series of stills. Let me tell you, outside of this flip book, the effect that they used to make that happen does not look better in motion. <laughs> Fair point. Um, but yeah, so we have this conversation where Rachel's like, please come to the mall. Um, and uh, Cassie is saved by the arrival um, of her dad. As well, not that she was prepared to budge, because she was quite point blank, like, I'm not going. And Cassie's mm-hmm. dad shows up. And he's like, who's going to the mall? Like, Rachel's going to the mall. And Rachel, and I like the notion that clearly you can see how close Rachel and Cassie are by the way that Rachel just like quite happily like starts begging Cassie's dad to let her mm-hmm. go to the mall or yeah. to make her go with her. Like, I like seeing that kind of banter between people and like their their friends' parents. Like, mm-hmm. clearly she's here all the time. Yep. I also really like Cassie's parents. I feel like mm. we don't see very much of them, but I, I really like how they're just like really well-balanced individuals. Yeah, I also like how they're quite happy to fuck with Jake, who they also yeah. really like as yeah. a person. Yeah. Just like, these are some cool parents. Uh, but yeah, uh, uh, Cassie's dad says, no, uh, Cassie cannot go to the mall because she has to come with me out to the drylands uh, because actual quote crazy helen uh has called and there's a sick horse uh that's not going to be the first time we talk about crazy helen that's not going to be the uh most offensive time we talk about crazy helen um 
Can so we strap just call in. her Helen from now we on? We can. She uh, is never just called Helen in the text. I think she except isn't. once. Yeah. It is always with that moniker. Yeah. So. Um, and uh, basically, they Cassie makes a deal with Rachel, like, "Hey, you come out with me to the Drylands uh, on this on this adventure, um, and then tomorrow I'll let you pick out a new pair of jeans for me." Um, and Rachel is, of course, uh, swayed by this. Um, and I love that this chapter ends. Uh, and that's how we ended up discovering the evil horses that threatened all of humanity. <laughs> You mean the Andalites? Is that what the Andalites are? No. <laughs> but, you know. You're not solid, wrong. But also, you're not correct. <laughs> uh, so they drive out to the drylands. Um, it's not exactly a desert, but it's kind of a wasteland of scruffy grass and lots of emptiness. Uh, it's it's uh, scrubland. Wait, uh, where are they? Where's they Animorphs never set? They never specifically say in the text because the whole part is like that you don't know. Mm-hmm. Uh, they can't say because it's too dangerous. Uh, it is actually another thing. Like where in the US is Animorphs? Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's been actually narrowed down by fans based on yeah, the information given throughout the books. Yeah, I have a city. <laughs> mm. uh, in that was in like California. I uh, see. I always imagine it Pacific Northwest. I will ni- neither confirm nor deny. Well, it can't be the Pacific Northwest because there wouldn't be like a scrubland there. There could theoretically be one in like California. Yeah, but there's also like the way the mountains are described here doesn't sound like the California ones. But you know what? As an English person, I am no expert on American geography. <laughs> <laughs> so you like your country is unreasonably large. You could tell me this was next to something else, and I'd be like, "Yeah, okay, sure." Like, there's <laughs> technically something in Kent where I live in the UK that qualifies as desert. It's that arid. I mean, te- and technically, this Danielle is wh- and I live in like a rainforest. <laughs> yeah, and there you go. Like, I live in one of the most humid. Like ridiculously humid because it's like I'm on a tiny island surrounded by water at the fucking North Atlantic, and we have a part of Kent that qualifies as desert. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't seem that weird to, me, especially since I've driven for three hours right. to to get to this place. Mm-hmm. If I drove um, for three hours, I would be almost to Atlanta. Yuck! Yuck! <sighs> but I wouldn't even be halfway across the state I live in. <laughs> Your country is upsettingly large. <laughs> Tennessee is just bad shaped. Uh. <laughs> um, yeah, but yeah. So on this uh, long drive, this all highway, um, Cassie bemoaning the fact that they have to be in the front of the pickup all squished in because uh, it's not safe to ride in the back. And now I've just remembered the last time that Cassie's dad's truck was driven around with people in the back. <laughs> um, the old truck. Uh, oh, Marco, you cannot drive. Um, but on the way, Rachel asks uh, who Helen is, giving the moniker that was heard before. Mm-hmm. And Cassie said, like, yeah, probably shouldn't call her that, even though that's what she calls herself. Uh, she's an old woman, maybe 80 years old. She has a trailer behind a souvenir shop she owns. Um, and he that he met her years ago because there are horse herds living on the dry lands. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he has come out a few times to take care of those horse herds. Uh, they pull up to uh, Last Chance Souvenirs, 
um, which if you are currently imagining the kind of souvenir shop you would find at the edge of a desert uh, where there are suspected to be aliens, uh, that's the souvenir shop. Um, yeah, can I just say the fucking extended area 51 riffing in this book <laughs> is just like so dumb. <laughs> like, at first I was like, okay, and then they just kept saying it and I was just like, oh, this is this is the bit, isn't it? Mm-hmm. I hate this. Uh-huh. Uh, it's a, there's a big billboard. The store uh, looks like it's closed, but behind the store is a trailer, uh, which is where Helen lives. Um, and see, there's this detail about the awning out front of this airstream uh, mm-hmm. trailer. Uh, awning trimmed in bright Christmas lights, even though it was nowhere near Christmas. Judgy, yeah. K.A. Applegate. Don't don't make don't make Cassie say this. Christmas lights can be an all year round thing. Yeah. It's also like a really common. Mm-hmm. It's not like you thing. turned them on; they're just a bitch to put up. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's uh, also I feel a very classist kind of vibe. Yeah, it, yeah. The implication of like how it's trashy mm-hmm. to do that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I would like to tell you about uh, as a person who lives r- around a lot of trailers. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> people generally like have a tendency to very much look down on people who live in like a like in like a trailer or a quote unquote uh mobile home uh even though let's talk about how those things just get set in place and they're prefabbed houses they're not mobile mm-hmm. Uh, once mm-hmm. they're in place and they've sat there for a while they do not fucking move again without basically being destroyed uh mm-hmm. and how a trailer park is basically just like a racket to extract as much money from poor people from large corporations as possible Mm-hmm. Anyway, sorry, I get mad about trailer parks. No, you're no, so you're valid. <laughs> yeah. Um, so they, uh, they go and 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 meet up with with Helen. Um, and Helen points out that there is a mare over yonder. Um, that is acting all funny, <laughs> like maybe she's been eating the local loco weed. Uh, which. Is apparently not a real thing, because uh, Cassie just kind of shrugs when Rachel asks about it. Uh, so, <laughs> ca- go ahead. When you said mayor, I thought you meant like a mayor, the like mayor. a government position. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> There's just a mayor over there. He's eating the local meat. <laughs> uh, anyways, yeah, go on. Dialects. Dialects. Dumbass. Let's go. No, no. So Cassie's dad's like greets her and she's like we'll go take a look and asks after her and uh she comes out with those darn aliens still won't let me sleep um to which rachel stiffens because you know what we do know that aliens exist and cassie's just like winks as just like different aliens and helen is the and this was so prolific in media in the 90s mm-hmm. uh it's one of those people that believes uh in aliens that send her messages through her teeth that they're going to land right here, um, and that she, but she hasn't seen a Martian land for forty years. Um, but how they're very untrustworthy folks, the Martians. Mm-hmm. Um, and then she laughs, and I really ap- appreciate how it wasn't an insane laugh, more of a gentle knowing sound. Um, and then Cassie has this observation of, "I wonder sometimes if Helen was really crazy or just playing a game." Mm-hmm. And this just this is the first part of the sadism that we gave the uh, warning for at the top. Yeah. Because 
Oh, yeah. The fact that we also encountered that woman, was it, I forget which book it was, seven. living out, yeah, living out in the show. No, not seven, who, uh, Megamorphs one. But this woman who had had a yerk in her head mm-hmm. and it had utterly fucked her up mm-hmm. and had left her effectively like brain damaged. Yeah. And it's like, I don't appreciate them turning around and using this trope. Yeah like this also they've already done a quote crazy person in the woods but here we're Mm going to have some quote crazy trailer trash yeah because we really want to sell our area 51 parody so you need to have an alien enthusiast yeah as if as if marco isn't an alien enthusiast enough throughout this book yeah Uh uh-huh uh but uh they go and look at the horse um they Okay, this part is good. It is good. Uh, Rachel spots it. Um, it's back by the payphone on the edge of the highway. They turn and watch, and a horse is swaying from side to side as it walks, swaying like a drunk. Uh, the horse seemed to be attracted to the telephone. It picked up the receiver with its mouth and let it hang off the hook. That's when things got strange. The horse (laughs) lowered its head to the ground, picked up a twig in its lips, and seemed to be poking the telephone keyboard. (laughs) Is that horse trying to make a phone call, Rachel said. My dad shrugged. Must be disoriented. Don't know what it's doesn't know what it's doing. Come on, let's get over there. Uh, (laughs) That horse horse is is dialing dialing the the phone, phone, Rachel said. (laughs) Ordering pizza. Uh, And it's just like... Uh, the horse, uh, but as they're approaching, the horse uh, spots them or spots Cassie's dad mm-hmm. and hesitates like it wanted to complete its phone call, uh, but also wanted to run away, which it does, uh, or it tries to at least, only it wasn't really up for running. The best it could do was wobble off into the darkness, practically falling over as it went. <laughs> uh, the do- uh, the horse sort of walks off a little bit, sways, wobbles, and then uh, we hear this humph. Sounds some quality, uh, on a matter uh, as the horse sort of falls over and is like totally out of it. Mm-hmm. Um, Cassie's dad, once they get over to it, uh, is fairly certain it's been bitten by a snake and goes back to the truck to, uh, get some things. Um, and plus they have a conversation about snakes, uh, between <laughs> Cassie and Rachel. Um, it's just like, yo, yeah, there's loads of snakes out of here. And Rachel's just like, cool. This is so much better than the mall. Poison snakes and phone calling horses. Yep. Um, but as they but- watch, <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, a yerk exits the horse's ear. Uh, there, there was a yerk in this horse. <laughs> dear Liza, dear Liza. <laughs> <laughs> um, and this um, majestic, it's not described as majestic, quite editorializing, but this uh, pale stallion appears. A powerful animal, but uh, I appreciate he looks out at this snake bit horse and he looks down at this yerk, and the yerk tries to raise itself up like it's trying to uh, infest this other horse, and this horse is like, nope, <laughs> and just runs off. Um, but uh, it's really probably not in reaction to this, like, because Cassie is immediately like, Rachel, we need to get out of here. Um, and the just encourages Rachel to run as uh, something starts uh, firing. A brilliant mm-hmm. light uh, firing down from the sky, splitting open the rocks around them. 
and um, Cassie passes out. Or I say something hits her, I should say, and she passes out. It's not quite clear what happens, but yeah. she uh, she goes down. Mm-hmm. So. Uh, she wakes up indoors. Uh, staring down at her is an alien, a pale ghostly oval face with two enormous eyes. Um, she is inside the uh, the souvenir shop where her dad has carried her. <laughs> um um, Can I just say I appreciate the reference to the grey aliens, given that we fucking just spent the fucking Andalite Chronicles meeting the Skritnar. Uh-huh. Confirming that grey aliens do look like that. I know none of the kids uh-huh. have met a Skritnar, a Skrit or a Nar, but it's also just like, okay, yes. But I, some of this trying to have their cake and eat it too is a little <laughs> bit like, mm, okay. <laughs> But I I do appreciate the souvenir shop full of all its sci-fi stuff because there's like a cutout of Data, uh, Star Wars uh, memorabilia, posters from uh, X-Files. I do not know what Mike Crow is. Oh, Mike Crow, Server and Gypsy from uh, Mystery Science Theater 3000. Sorry, warning for slur. God damn it. Uh, Barbarella and then like a bunch of like classic sci-fi uh classic sci-fi movies uh, but mostly there were posters mugs ashtrays pencils and t-shirts all emblazoned with a red and white logo dominated by the stencil letters spelling zone 91 i hate this <laughs> <laughs> is there a reason they just didn't i guess they didn't use area 51 because that like would such confirm a, it as new mexico yeah yeah mm, that's I fair i guess yeah uh, it Rachel's like, oh yeah, Cassie's awake. Uh, and says and says to Cassie, you were knocked out. You know when that totally unexplainable explosion happened. <laughs> Cassie's dad comes over, followed by Helen. Uh, looks okay, he muttered. Superficial cut, serious bruise, but I doubt there's a concussion. You know, she only passed out long enough to be carried back to the souvenir shop. She probably doesn't have a concussion. <laughs> This um, man is a, a veterinarian. He's a, he's a horse doctor. He's a vet. He's Horses. a vet, not a person vet. Uh, a person vet, aka a doctor. Jesus Christ. Um, and then we get a, a fun reference to ER, also dating this book incredibly, but uh, <laughs> appreciate the reference to Noah Wilder's uh, Dr. Carter, all the mm-hmm. same. And uh, Cassie asks uh, what happened, and Helen is uh, rather on the nose. Um, well, and that it was aliens, um, but talks about exploding rocks that the aliens spread around, whereas Mm -hmm. uh, Cassie's dad is just like, we're on the edge of an Air Force facility, there's a base back in the dry lands, there's jets overhead all the time, they've probably lost a bomb or a missile, and that snake-bitten horse must have set it off, and that Cassie was caught in the blast. Yeah. But but uh, Helen insists... Uh, it was the aliens. They keep the aliens out at Zone 91. That's why it's all so secret out there. That's why the Air Force won't talk about it. Zone 91 is the secret base where the government keeps the aliens it has captured. They have them out there in cages. They get secrets of technology from them. You think computers just happened? All that <laughs> stuff was from aliens. Here, have a souvenir mug. Normally ten ninety nine, but you can have it because you got hurt. <laughs> the best part about this is that we know... Yeah, these Microsoft the inventing motherfuckers. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, fucking 
Alfangor being friends with both Bill Gates and Steve Jobs, <laughs> helping develop computers. Yep. Yep. <laughs> That's canon, baby. Well, yep. it like I would like you to <laughs> note, like reading this, <laughs> the way that they, the way I've heard it explained is like basically Elfangor, friends with Steve Jobs and and. And, and Bill Gates basically invented, like, home microcomputers, basically ignoring that, like, the most popular microcomputer in, in most of the world for a large portion of the late 70s and into the 80s was the Commodore 64. Elfangor had no fucking hand in and was invented in England. <laughs> like, Yeah, it's, it's less that he invented computers and more that he invented the Windows and Apple operating systems. Uh, but yeah. I mean, <laughs> true. But the Apple operating system was Garbo. Uh, uh, Windows 3.1 didn't come. How fucking late to the game is El Fangor? Because Windows 3.1 didn't come out. Uh, like what we think of as Windows didn't come out until like the late 80s. Uh, yeah, so did was, El Fangor was, invent DOS? He was on Earth in the early 80s. He invented DOS. <laughs> <laughs> Also, graphical interfaces would have happened without this horse fucking alien asshole. Uh, we would have just had, like, the Commodore Geos interface. Uh-huh. Yeah. Run out of your are fucking you Amiga. You, get get are you, you some. Mad about, are you mad about alien interference not giving us the computers we deserve? <laughs> <laughs> Elfangor shouldn't have dumbed it down for them, really. He should have I'm, just given them the full thing. Yeah, I'm just mad because, like, Elfangor gets all the credit. When other people were doing this shit, they didn't need no goddamn aliens. Bill Gates and Steve yeah. Jobs are just a bunch of fucking hacks is what it is. Yeah, we got to the fucking moon without him. Hmm? <laughs> we got to the fucking moon without him. Yeah, we him. did that shit with, like, a fucking abacus or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of the moon, have you watched that new series, the, like, To Boldly Go or whatever it's called? No. It reimagines the space race where, like, uh, the Soviet Union gets to the moon first and then extrapolates Ooh. all of history basically from that point forward. It's very interesting. Ooh. Oh, I think I've heard of that, but I haven't seen anything about it. Yeah, there's a gunfight on the moon. <laughs> okay, <laughs> let's get back to this nonsense <laughs> instead of that nonsense. Okay. Um, uh, the horse was... Um, Weirdly enough, uh, completely uh, destroyed without trace. Did, so I may have missed it in the, like, my brain may have just, like, glossed over it. So the yerk gets out of the horse. Mm -hmm. Where does the yerk go? Uh, it, we did, it crawls out. Presumably um, it's vaporized as part of this. So this was, yeah. this, this was like a no loose ends yerk mission. Why did he even get out of the horse then? <laughs> Well, because it was hoping to be rescued. The, 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 snake, the horse was really snake-bitten. The yerk mm -hmm. in the horse was trying to call for help. To uh, get out. Yeah. And it escaped the horse so it didn't die with the horse. Because if the host dies while you're in it, it's very difficult to get out. Um, and then that other uh, horse came up and it was like, hey, help me out. Uh, and the horse just leaves and then uh, the yerk and the snake-bitten horse are vaporized. Okay, so this wasn't like a mission. Uh, they were just like, "Well, sucks to be you, buddy," and shot the horse with a space laser. I, yeah, I always, I took it as like, uh, yeah, it was cleaning up 
a possible yeah. breach. Yeah, they can't of, leave uh, any evidence of their... Yeah. Uh, so Helen is kind of right. Just the fucking, like, the logic step's like, oh god, we cannot let the humans find out that the, that, that we exist. Shoot it from space with a laser. <laughs> <laughs> They'll never know what happened. The, the, the veering between subtlety and the complete yeah. opposite of is, uh... Yeah, it's, is, it's very it, on point. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so that's where that chapter ends. Um, Helen ranting about uh, this and uh, Rachel and Cassie being like, it's weird that Helen, uh, oh, it's a very strange world where a person called Crazy Helen is at least partially right. Yeah. Um, cut to Marco. <laughs> You've never heard of Zone 91 before. It's the holy grail of conspiracy nuts, Marco said in between slurps of a Mountain Dew. Man, don't you ever go on the internet? The internet is full of people who think there are aliens at Zone 91. It's called the most secret place on Earth. To which Rachel comes in, I go on the internet. I just don't hang out in chat rooms, call myself Stud Boy, and try to convince people I'm an incredibly handsome 30 year old millionaire. Excuse me. Mark I said, but I do not use Stud Boy as my screen name. Give me some credit. I use Baldwin Boy 5. You know, the missing fifth Baldwin brother. The really <laughs> cool looking one. I love Mark- my asshole son. <laughs> Marco confirmed catfisher. <laughs> I, I love the fucking way the internet gets talked about in the 90s. And like, I, I was there. I remember it being yeah. like that. But also, it's really funny to read where we are now. Yep. Oh, I missed my my uh my joke. Uh, if Ronaldo is Aranon, is Helen H anon? <laughs> See, here's the thing. Here's the thing. Uh-huh. Helen uh believes quote unquote in these conspiracies, right? Like, there's uh-huh. a little bit of a tongue in cheek quality to her. Yeah, um, she knows that how other people think about this. Yeah, Ronaldo fully believes everything that he says. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. Um, if don't make me go to the Keep Beach City Weird blog. We're not not now. <laughs> Keep that on your own podcast. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh. But yeah, so it's the day after, and uh, Cassie made a deal with Rachel. Uh, so they're all at the uh, mall food court. Um, and Cassie's there with bags from like J. Crew and the Gap. Um, because Rachel was, has got her outfits. <laughs> not just clothing, mind you, outfits. Uh, and then we have this line from Jake, just like, even I've heard of Zone 91. And unlike Marco, I'm a fairly norm- normal human being. Um, Marco goes to throw a french fry at Jake. Jake ducks out of the way and Axe just snacks this french fry out of midair and eats it. And he's just having a great time with french fries. <laughs> <laughs> uh, just then a boy walks up to the table uh, he seems nervous and edgy like he was a little scared by the experience of being in the mall he looked over his shoulders a lot and when he looked right at you he squinted as if he were nearsighted it's our boy yeah, it's Tobias uh, this is the first time we're seeing him in human morph uh, apart from the very very end of 13 it feels like it's been forever since that, and that's because it's been three months. Almost four months at this point. Uh, Jeez. <laughs> the Andalite Chronicles took so long. Mm-hmm. It was a journey. A it saga. was a journey. 
Um, but yeah, so with the uh, group together, Cassie's like, maybe I should back up and explain who all these people are. Uh, because you'd never guess that this bunch was the Animorphs. Yeah. And so at first there's Jake, and we get Ashriel. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I appreciate, there's this line, he, Jake is pretty much the leader, not that anyone really treats him like that way, and not that he'd want anyone to treat him that way. See, that, that's part of the reason Jake is our leader, because he's the kind of guy who doesn't need anyone to suck up to him. That is such a child view of what a leader is, mm-hmm. because Jake acts like a leader all the fucking time. Yep. And the others absolutely treat him that way. They really do. But because he doesn't act like, say, the military guy we're going to meet later, mm-hmm. I think we've talked about this before, is like what the kids perceive as leadership. Mm-hmm. They see as, for them, leadership is, like I suppose, synonymous with, one, adults, and two, authority figures. Mm-hmm. And because Jake isn't that, he doesn't necessarily read to them as because he's their peer. Right. He doesn't read the same way. Mm-hmm. Classic Jake. <laughs> <laughs> uh, there we are. And there's Marco. What can I say about Marco? Not as much as he would say about himself, that's for sure. I do like these reminders that Cassie is sort of like tolerates Marco at, mm-hmm. <laughs> at best. Mm-hmm. Like Rachel and Marco don't get on. Cassie's just like Man, my would-be boyfriend's best friend is weird. <laughs> um, but also we have that Cassie insight, uh, how Marco's the joker of the group, but he's not a clown and that there's a serious note to him beneath all the glib jokes and teasing and that he sees things other people miss. He's very smart and very wide awake, if you know what I mean. He's woke. Um, he is woke. That's what she's saying. Uh-huh. <laughs> Um, and that we just get this bit of detail about how Marco and Jake are best friends and how they will argue about anything. And I can't remember who in the, uh, chat suggested, but, um, when they had an argument about whether, um, food could have a color. Oh, yeah. If something could taste like a color. Um, yeah, and Marco thought she like actually tasted green. And it's just like, yeah, Mark, Marco maybe has synesthesia. <laughs> Yeah, but I mean, like, I mean, he foods could can absolutely also be, fucking- be quantified as a color. Like, quote unquote, blue raspberry does not taste like anything in nature. It tastes like blue. That's what blue tastes like. If you gave me something blue and it doesn't taste like blue raspberry, I'm going to be like, well, this doesn't taste right, even though I don't know what it is and I have no like <laughs> <laughs> frame of reference for it. Blue raspberry is totally a thing here, too. But also, like, blue is a color I often associate with bubblegum flavored things here. What? Yeah. Yeah. Blue is frequent, like a light blue is frequently bubblegum. What? There we go. I love coming in here and rocking just like with my quaint English story. <laughs> bubblegum is pink. Bubblegum is pink. Is stra- pink. pink. Hmm? But pink is strawberry for everything pink here is strawberry. No, no. red is strawberry. Strawberry is red. No, red is cherry. No, no, red is also strawberry. Yeah. Red, <laughs> and, 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 and there we go. Be, and this- red can be, like, usually strawberry to a lesser extent cherry. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, we're, we're getting off topic, but I just am <laughs> amused by this uh, notion. But it what color is purple? I agree. What color is purple? And what flavor is purple? <laughs> <laughs> um, we don't. Oh, it's black currant here most of the time. Grape. And I know it's grape in the States. <laughs> well, it's because they won't let us have black currants. You're not allowed. They're illegal. 
<laughs> they were actually illegal for a long time. But yeah, like black currant sweets are uh, a big thing here. Like Skittles and Chewits and stuff like that. We have black currant flavor. Fruit gums. Well, there's a black currant flavor. Our conception of what like fake grape tastes like is just fake black currant. Mm. Yeah, I was gonna say maybe it just is, but now I'm wondering. Just like, do you guys have Ribena? What is a Ribena? Well, you guys don't have you guys don't have um, fruit squash the way we do here. Fruit squash. It, the, the, <laughs> is this a plant or is this like a gusher? No, no. Um, squash is what's the colloquial term. It's like cordial that you mix with uh -huh. water. You guys have like Kool Aid and stuff. It's a powder that you mix with water. Yeah. yeah. Here, it's like a concentrate that you okay. mix. Okay. Okay. But that's like real popular thing, especially for kids. Yeah, uh, it's, it's like a, yeah. the Mios. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, here it you will nearly always see it referred to as squash. Yes, we still have the vegetable as well. No, I bet it's different. I've seen I've what, seen what No, I've... butternut squash is butternut squash. I'm fairly certain you guys call it butternut squash too. It's true. <laughs> Look, Brian, you and I can set up our comparing British and English food podcast later. <laughs> Have you? They call basically everything that's a gourd a pumpkin in Australia. I'm mad about it. I'm watching an Australian cooking show, and he's like, "Get yourself a pumpkin." I'm like, "That's a goddamn butternut squash." Like, what the fuck? Look, but there are there are sections of the states where all, and I will say, carbonated beverages are referred to as Coke. Yes. Yeah, it's the South where we invented Coke. We invented yeah, all your sodas. All You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> you did not invent iron brew. That's the Scottishes. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, we are now miles off topic. Um, and it's good. Right, Tobias. <laughs> yeah, Tobias. We get a uh, mood whiplash uh, because <laughs> mm -hmm. Tobias is a kid trapped in the body of a red-tailed hawk who is currently morphed as a kid. Uh... He lives in a forest near a meadow. He still lives by hunting mice and rabbits uh, because the Elemist is a fuckwad. Uh, mm -hmm. The Elemist being like an all-powerful alien creature with like reality-warping abilities, but that doesn't interfere God. with humans. Mm -hmm. He's, He's God, mm -hmm. except he God. doesn't interfere, quote-unquote. Uh, mm -hmm. And he exists. Um. <laughs> I'm mad about it. <laughs> Theists, says Danielle. Uh... Yeah, die um, mad about it. There's no afterlife. Suck it. <laughs> anyway, that was mean. I didn't. I I did mean it, but that was mean. Uh, <laughs> um, so human body Tobias is at the mall. Uh, actually, a morph of his human body. Um, that's why he, he seems went back in time. He went back in time to acquire himself as a morph. He did. Uh, Animorphs canon is buck wild, Brian. So I know. You're, I'm aware. You're that my little spiel at the beginning there. <laughs> yeah. None of the things that Brian said were incorrect. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, I'm looking forward to the gamer book. I've got to say. Yeah. It's exciting. Um, oh, oh, Jay doesn't know about. See, I don't Jay know where know I about am anything. Canon, so all I know is like the totality of the dumb thing that I've learned about. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Jay doesn't know. Jay doesn't know about the gamer tag. No. Mm -mm. Uh, um, the... Then we get Axe, who is not a human. Uh, he's an Andalite. Uh, 
and he's shockingly pretty for a boy and extremely weird, because Andalites don't have mouths, and so Axe is enthralled with flavor. Uh, Why is he shockingly pretty for a boy? Like, did he... Because boys can't be pretty, Brian. Yeah. Right, but he had to go acquire this boy, so it's not like he's... Well, no, the it, thing, because his, his human form is a mix of two boys and two girls. Oh. And so he's strangely pretty for a boy. He yeah. opted to call himself a boy, to be fair. Mm-hmm. Like, that was one of the better things about it. But he's frequently described as strangely pretty, and it bugs the crap out of me. Just yeah. Like, boys can be pretty. I yep. think, mate, are, are we sure they're not describing the fact that it's for, like, in that otherworldly way that, like, when you, like, generate a person, like, an AI generates a person from, like, a thousand photographs, it's just, like, unsettling. I'd say that was the case, but they go strangely pretty, or weirdly pretty for a boy, and then talk about how it's strange as a separate thing. Okay. Yeah. But yeah, yeah no, they talk about the uncanniness of it because they can see elements of themselves. Mm-hmm. Uh, when all of the kids, uh, except for Tobias, when they talk about what Axe looks like in Human Morph, they talk about seeing elements of themselves and the others mm-hmm. and how that's disconcerting about it. Um, and yeah, but yeah, just like deal with the fact that Axe is prettier than all of you. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's why Marco's in love with him, but can't admit it. I mean, what? <laughs> I'm here with my agenda. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so, uh, Tobias asks, what's up? Uh, and everybody kind of not so casually scans the area to make sure that nobody is close enough to overhear what they're talking about. Um, and Marco fills Tobias in that Rachel and Cassie went out to Zone 91 and found horses making phone calls. Uh, and then we get this wonderful, heartbreaking, uh, sentence tobias's eyes darted to me then to rachel he looked very serious he had mostly forgotten how to make human expressions with his face but he was still tobias (laughs) (laughs) as somebody that is like autistic and can really often have flat effects one because i know it's not the same thing but given that tobias is always is heavily coded intentionally or not as autistic Mm-hmm. Like it's kind of nice to read somebody as described that way, but also yeah. where it's framed kind of as a negative, it's upsetting because mm-hmm. I appreciate it's a loss of something, mm-hmm. but also just like flat effect is a is a real thing. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's it's really interesting when we hear it from Tobias's point of view because he it, it's it's not it's. That he's forgotten how to make human face human expressions, but also that he just like he it is almost more of of a unconscious thing where it's like he just doesn't think about making human expressions at all um mm-hmm. and it is something that actually works to his benefit in multiple occasions um because people say things to him and expect a reaction, and he doesn't give a reaction because. He's a bird. <laughs> hmm. um, but yeah, we do get this great interaction. Because uh, yeah, we get Tobias, we just get that wicked, sharp, offbeat humor from Tobias. And he's just like, mm. can someone interpret from Marco Babble to normal language? And Marco's like, I think I liked you better as a chicken, Tobias. 
red-tailed hawk, Tobias said tolerantly. Marco Shrek, chicken, pigeon, hawk, whatever. <laughs> the Marco Tobias banter mm -hmm. gives me life. It's good. Um, but Jake uh, steps in about, how about uh, we get down to business? Um, to we have Marco being like, okay, dad. Um, but then he switches into serious mode mm -hmm. as he quickly and efficiently summarizes for Tobias what they knew. Mm -hmm. <laughs> the fucking phrase, yurks in horses. <laughs> it, <laughs> it makes, makes zero, zero sense. sense. Why would yurks want to make controllers out of horses? And acts quite sensibly, do horses have some special powers? <laughs> uh, Cassie is not a fan of horses, apparently. <laughs> not very smart. In fact, pretty dumb. Can run fast, but there's lots of faster animals. They're strong, but there's lots of other animals that are stronger. Uh, I can't see why the Yerks would want be wanting to infest horses, which Rachel jokes, maybe they think they can win the Kentucky Derby. <laughs> and Jake's like, maybe it's some strange Yerk entertainment. Maybe it's fun. And Axe is like, I don't believe the Yerks do anything fun, Prince Jake. They would have some reason, which, like, they have a whole ass culture, Axe. <laughs> mm -hmm. like, yeah, yeah, the Andalite propaganda machine. No, no, no. They're evil. They don't have fun. Yeah. We cannot have anything that makes them relatable. <laughs> Axe, please don't call me Prince Jake, especially not in public. Yes, Prince Jake. <laughs> Uh, but everybody is basically doubting what Rachel and Cassie saw. They're like, are you sure that that's what you saw? You didn't see like a snake or a snail or a slug. And are you sure it was Draken Flash and not exploding artillery? Like everybody at this table is is basically doubting uh, their story here. What? Uh, see, here's because the they thing. can't think of... Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Why would the military... That's not how live fire exercises work, even remotely. <laughs> I mean, they are children. I they know they're children. children. I'm talking about the adults who thought this was a thing. Uh-huh. Like, oh, the horse must have set off something. No, it fucking did. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I live uh, in a part of the UK where people find unexploded ordnance all the time. Mm -hmm. uh, leftover from the Blitz. Well, uh, the UK has been an active war zone. Hmm. The US hasn't. The, not since not the 1800s. With... No, that's <laughs> right. because they take their fights elsewhere. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Because we're assholes. Yeah. But... <laughs> But yeah, my my point is like I could I could see that that saying about oh a bit of stray ordinance that then maybe got set off does not sound at all weird to me mm -hmm. because like they periodically find stuff in like the river near where I live just mm -hmm. like oh shit we found another one and then they have to call the bomb squad out to check if it's still got any kind of live ammunition or if it's like effectively dead mm -hmm. and then they take it away and move it it's just like that's just such a common thing here. Because our country's so fucking small. Um, but yeah, I live near um, a, a dockyard where they used to build ships during the Second World War. And they've been building ships there for fucking centuries. Not anymore. Now it's a museum. But hmm. history is weird. History is weird. Mm. But um, but they can't, the group, the kids just can't go, but why the fuck would, they can't think of a good reason for Yerks to infest horses, which is really the only reason why there's this doubt. Yeah, because nobody. Because I thought, why the fuck would a yerk want to be in a horse? 
Um, mm-hmm. But they agree to go get more proof. Um, yep. Tobias offers that there's lots of sweet thermals there. Um, Jake can't go because it's his dad's birthday. And we get this nice upsetting mention about um, will Tom be going to this family dinner? Mm-hmm. Um, and Jake isn't sure because Tom's been doing a lot of sharing stuff and he wants to make sure at least one of his dad's sons being there. Yeah. Um, and then Cassie tries to lighten the mood and uh, just like Jake's like, I'm going to clean the gutters. And Marco's like, physical labor. Ugh. Can't uh, you just get him a card? Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but uh, Jake can't go and Axe. Uh, Cassie thinks Axe doesn't see the point in it. From the section of the Wikipedia that says goofs slash inconsistencies. Uh, Jake mentions Mm -hmm. that his father's birthday is the following night. However, in the capture, Jake says that his father's birthday is in two months. Based on the timeline provided by the books in between, more than two months have transpired in the events between the capture and the unknown. Just uh, (sighs) thought you guys wanted to know that. Hmm, Appreciate it. There's someone nerdier than me out there. Huh? Yeah. <laughs> Welcome to the best part of the Wikipedia pages for these fandoms, the bottom part. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Motherfucker's yeah. just wilding off down here. But, um, <laughs> but yeah, so it's going to be Rachel, Cassie, Tobias, and Marco mm-hmm. who do the flying thing. I really appreciate that Marco is one of the people that's going mm-hmm. uh, because he is the paranoid one yeah. out of the four of them. He's also... It's Jake and Tobias that are just like, what if it was this? What if this was that? I know Marco's a quite believer in Zone 91, but he mm-hmm. doesn't question what Rachel and Cassie saw. Yeah. And appears to be the only one who doesn't. Yeah. So. Uh, but but uh, they're going to go flying. Yeah. They're going to go flying, not least because it's really fun. Fun. Um. This next scene. It's so good. Cassie's in school in her new outfit. Yep. Um, she's like, I love this whole thing. This is some of that peak, like, Animorphs kids kick flip into the sun energy that we talk about. (laughs) Yep. Um, which is just them getting to be normal teenagers. Um, and Cassie's there with Rachel as she describes a goddess of clothing and good grooming. And Rachel's like, you look great. And she clearly means it. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, there's a bunch of interactions with other students. Yeah. Guy called Charles who calls her, uh, Cassie Carla. Mm-hmm. Um, just like, he smiled at you. He called me Carla. Has he ever spoken to you before? No. I, or I guess not. See, progress. Um, <laughs> Um, Cassie talks a little bit about being like Rachel, the Gabrielle to Rachel Zena and mm-hmm. how uh, they see her fourth because guys see Rachel first, second, and third. Mm-hmm. And to be fair, I think Cassie, it, does, it genuinely doesn't bother her. Yeah. Um, at all. That's an interesting frankly, implication. She... What? Gabriella and Zena. Hmm? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh-huh. Shippers. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, I think um, my. Mm-hmm. I don't. I don't think. I think Cassie doesn't mind it, and I think in a lot of ways Cassie prefers to not be in the spotlight. Um, yeah, because every time we see her like front and center, she gets very anxious. I was gonna say she does strike me as like social anxiety. Yeah. Like she gets on better with animals. She prefers animals. Like she doesn't talk about having friends outside of Rachel. Yeah. She's really. me as a 13 year old. Bless. <laughs> um, 
but yeah, this, uh, we have another boy, uh, Jawan, um, and just like, oh, hi, Rachel, how's it going? And she's just like, fine. Cassie, you've met Jawan, and just like, and he calls her Kendra. Yep. <laughs> Excuse me. Um, he gave you a little look. He gave you a look. Well, so what if he's not good at remembering names? Like, guys, like he remembers your name. <laughs> um, and then Cassie spots a guy, um, she knows called Joe. Um, yeah. who she knows from taking riding lessons together. And this is hilarious. Cause mm-hmm. I didn't take this as a mean thing at all. She was like, Hey, Cassie, whoa, whoa, something different about you. He stepped back and said to me, New outfit, Rachel suggested. Joshik said, No, that's not it. Oh, I know what it is. You look like you've gained weight. Have you been trying to bulk up? And she, and this visual of Rachel reaching up with one elegant hand and pushing Joe disdainfully out of her way. <laughs> yep. Yep. That <laughs> I, I love how Joe's just like, damn, Cassie, you lift? Look at those fucking yeah, gains. that's how I read this. It's just like, yo, Cassie. Because <laughs> <laughs> that did, like, Cassie's just like, she's just like, um. God, I would, th- this might be, a, this might be too deep of a reference, but just like taking all of the Animorphs and just like slotting them directly into like a Dark Order sketch from behind, from uh, being the elite. Uh <laughs> Just like all these teenagers just being like, look at these fucking arms. <laughs> me, me, me. <laughs> if you if you're not into wrestling and you're like, man, I just don't really want to watch wrestling. Uh, but you want to get like the oeuvre of what indie wrestling is, just watch Being the Elite. There's basically no wrestling and a lot of dick jokes, and it's the best thing on YouTube. <laughs> um watch it uh but uh and they and rachel and cassie are just talking about how guys are idiots sometimes uh cassie yep. puts out not jake and rachel just rolls around like yeah jake's the exception and then they bump into jake yeah, and, he's so I, pretty. and he's rachel's so just like trying to be like look see see my masterpiece yeah um it's just like and jake's just like what am i looking at <laughs> and Rachel's just like the outfit doesn't she look great in these new clothes it's just like of course she looks great she always does and then he's just yeah. like you guys have fun later and walks off and cassie's there just like super happy about it and rachel's <laughs> just like oh he's an idiot too <laughs> and just like no you were right the first time i said smugly he's the exception and that's just some good cute teen romance yeah, yeah. It's, it's adorable a- yeah um but yeah they split <laughs> off uh cassie goes to class and then we have this moment and i love this she's like no no it can't be as Marco <laughs> leaps over a row of de- seats and sl- slithers into the empty desk next to Cassie, eyes wide with wonder, <laughs> way too much wonder. Who is this vision of loveliness? Who is this fantasy come true? Excuse me, but are you Tyra Banks? No, no, you can't be any mortal girl. So much perfection could never be achieved by a mere human. You're an angel descended from heaven. I mean, they say clothes make the man, but these clothes make you an angel. And Cassie just takes out her homework. She's like, are you done? And Marco's just like, yeah, that should be enough. What did Rachel pay you? He grinned. Two bucks. Girls are such idiots sometimes. I'd have done it for a dollar. <laughs> I love just, Marco. I, yeah. When are these books set? The 90s? 90, like 95, 90s. 96? No, mid-90s. Yeah, they start in 96. Okay. I, I love Marco so much. <laughs> I say it all the time. 
but it's moments like that. It's just like, Rachel pays him $2 to compliment Cassie's outfit. Rachel sure as fuck didn't tell Marco to do it like that. Uh-huh. <laughs> and Marco just took the brief and <laughs> ran with it. Yep. Yep. <sighs> good energy. It's good. Uh, that would be $3.30 30 in today's money. So... <laughs> I love that you asked the year just to look at it. <laughs> it's the long setup is the is the key to a good joke. <laughs> okay, I gotta tell you guys, right, this is a moment, right? So they meet up at the Wildlife Rehabilitation Center. Cassie's just like doing the meds to the animals and how it's a slow week. And here's a moment that there's like she's treating one of the animals. Um, mm-hmm. And I'm not going to say what the animal is at first. It's like, the stitches are holding, good boy. Now she's ready. And Marco, why do they have their extra O in possum? Marco wondered. And I'm like, they're going, wait, so O possum isn't a different thing to a possum? Because we don't have them here. Okay. Oh, and they're like, the same thing. Okay, so here's the thing. Here's the thing. Mm-hmm. What What is confusing is that there are two animals called a possum. There's the okay. American possum, which is kind of like a gray, furry, rat-looking fella who is a friend, does with not carry rubber, rabies, and eats ticks. Yeah. That one is occasionally yeah. spelled with an O at the beginning of the word. And then there's whatever okay. the weird fucking things down in Australia are that are also called possums. Mm-hmm. Um, because both America and Australia have just the wildest mammals when left alone. Mm-hmm. But yeah, yep. see, because I, I knew the one with the O on the front was the American one. Yeah. With the little mm-hmm. gloves. Because they look like little robber friends. Um, but I was there just like, wait, so you don't pronounce the O? Fuck. <laughs> I'm so glad I'd not said that out loud around my friends. I mean, some people, like, some people do pronounce the O. Like, it's not... Do they? Okay. It's cool. not unheard of. Uh, but yes, but, I was uh, very amused by this. <laughs> Given that we have like friends on the server who are big possum fans, I was they just like, I'm so glad I've never spoken about possums out loud with people. Because <laughs> I dig them. I think they're cool animals. Yeah. So. Well, they're the only marsupial in North America. Mm-hmm. Holy shit. I don't think we have any marsup- marsupials in the UK. I'm not going to look this up. Animal facts are important. Yeah, they aren't super common. Uh, But yeah, they. Uh, Tobias keeps watch, says everything's clear. They morph into birds, uh, and they uh, fly out to the brushlands. Okay, um, so you have uh, apparently wallabies from Australia have taken hold in the UK, according to this uh, CBC.ca uh, Where the fuck article. Did they escape a zoo? I guess so. Uh, probably personal collectors. Also, yeah. I guess sugar gliders, which I don't think are native to the UK. No, sugar gliders are pets if people mm-hmm. have them. So and then, no native yeah. ones, I'm guessing. Uh, that's it. You've got uh, you've got escaped pets in the form of wallabies and, and sugar gliders. <laughs> Incredible. <laughs> we do have better badges. Rednecked wallabies, better- so like like comrade wallabies. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this is going to be a random one because I've never seen it come up. Do you guys have hedgehogs? Yeah. And they have porcupines. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I never see Americans talk about hedgehogs. They're not in where we they're live. Not they're not super common. Yeah. Mm. Cool. That was it. Thank yeah. you. They're for not like, 
they're not like fake creatures like they are over in the UK. Mm-hmm. Um, we have uh, uh, we have armadillos. They're pretty dope. Yeah, armadillos. I'll give you leprosy. They will. <laughs> <laughs> they they carry leprosy. They do. Don't I, touch I, them. I did, I did know that. <laughs> Forbidden. Whereas creatures. opossums Forbidden are pets. the only ones that uh, are the only mammals that uh, can't carry rabies. Which ones are? Possums. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh yeah, because we've been talking about that. What with like uh, vaccine tags and stuff. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and the so you're saying that so I can touch a possum. Yeah, you can touch a possum. Yes, it may still bite yeah. you. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> you just can't get rabies. Good to know. Uh, but if you find like a tame one, mm. uh, I'm gonna be so sad if I don't see a possum next time I'm in the state. You can come to my house. One lives <laughs> under my house. I'll hold you to that. <laughs> well, actually, I'm <laughs> debating whether or not it roommate. lives under my house. I think the cat, which has I found normally on my porch that I called Porch Cat, I think it may have kicked the possum out and taken over my basement. But, <laughs> <laughs> oh. Oh, um, yeah. So after that divergence into possums and uh, other such things, uh, the kids are going to morph birds and we get some cool talking about what the morph looks like and this is a really cool uh description uh about uh this cassie uh morphing uh into her osprey morph mm-hmm. and i enjoy this because there's a couple of instances of people like getting cut off as they're trying to talk and then like marco's like singing a song and then gets cut off as uh osprey beak bursts out of his mouth mm-hmm. you know that good body horror shit played for laughs, <laughs> yep um, but they they morph. It's artistic because it's Cassie. Um, she's good at morphing. She is good at morphing. Uh, and then they all clear out um, and head out into the awesome day. Uh, they're flying out to the to the dry lands. Uh, it takes a while, even though they're flying. Um, it is it is quite a long flight. Uh. Tobias leads them uh, and teaches them how to use a thermal, uh, which are uh, these great columns of warm air uh, that allow you to uh, get really high into the air. And you can kind of like go up the thermal with zero effort and then coast from one thermal to another uh, and then go up again, um, kind of like a series of uh, little elevators. Um Ask any Animorphs fan. They all know about thermals. Uh, <laughs> it's it's one of those things where it's like, you know, uh, for some reason, as a child, I thought quicksand was going to be way more mm-hmm. uh, a, a part of adult life than it is. Um, thermals, same. Uh, <laughs> I was like, oh, yeah, thermals. That's the thing that everybody talks about like a normal person. No. <laughs> <laughs> See in quicksand they show like regular people interacting with quicksand on a regular basis. <laughs> Look, don't judge young. I was young a very Danielle. weird kid. <laughs> uh, I'm fairly certain we would have been friends, Danielle. It's good shit. <laughs> uh but they they're all having just so much fucking fun uh flying. Um, and 
Marco is excited. This will be so cool. Zone 91, we will penetrate the very heart of the government conspiracy to cover up alien visitors. Marco, just how dumb are you, Rachel asked. We know about the real aliens. We know they don't look like E.T. or the guys you always see on alien books. And we know the real aliens, the Yerks, don't go around kidnapping backwoods goobers and doing medical experiments on them. Yeah, the Yerks don't do that. Uh, but <laughs> again, we now know the existence of the Skritna, who definitely do that. <laughs> Uh, maybe there are two different bunches of aliens, Marco said. Maybe there are these aliens who crash-landed back in the 50s, plus the Yerks more recently. He's not wrong! Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, they argue for a while, um, and... We get a, I love that we get a good grief from Cassie, yeah. <laughs> just yeah. like at the weirdness of her life, because she's flying a mile up listening to a thought speak debate between a bald eagle and an osprey over the existence of aliens. Yep. Yep. Uh, and then she just tunes it out, just like, I'm going to enjoy flying. Mm -hmm. uh, as they get closer, they find, they see a sign. Uh, stop. Government property restricted area. Authorized personnel only. Beyond this point, all others are subject to arrest and prosecution. This means you. Uh, friendly, aren't they? Rachel says. And it's like, <laughs> Marco, if you were trying to conceal a vast government conspiracy to hide an alien spacecraft, you'd be paranoid, too. I wasn't sure whether he was joking or not. Maybe sometimes it's hard to tell with Marco. <laughs> <laughs> so you all remember uh i'm just here to provide random facts apparently today i love it no it's good uh, so you all mm -hmm. remember a few years ago when we were all naruto running into area 51 oh my god uh yes was yes i do <laughs> yes so, actually uh, that started off as like a jokey Facebook event, and then it built into this whole thing where this small town outside of Area 51, there was like a festival to be planned. Um, mm -hmm. But the person putting together the festival and the person who owns the only inn and bar in the entire town, because the town consists of like 14 people, um, <laughs> butted heads really hard, and the whole thing spiraled out into like uh, like a super like nerdy version of fire festival i watched like a vice documentary on it and it is just like the most mundane thing all these nerds like naruto running at area 51 and all the guards at the gate at area 51 being like what the <laughs> fuck is this like, <laughs> i cannot believe that that was only in september of 2019 oh my god you know a decade ago <laughs> you know <laughs> a decade ago the before times Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. Uh. But yeah, so they're there at, uh, at the fucking Area 51 XP. <laughs> and uh, Cassie's just like, we should uh, figure out uh, where the horses are. Mm -hmm. um, or to be fair, um, Rachel is then talking about, uh, and this is again one of those sort of spiky Rachel towards Marco lines that K.A. like to indulge in sometimes that make me uncomfortable because they feel way too close to bullying for my liking mm -hmm. um, about setting Marco up with Helen because uh, she sounds like he does mm -hmm. and Cassie's just like let's find the horses and yeah. uh, yes the phone using horses to buy said horse controllers <laughs> something about the way he said it made it sound like he doubted the whole thing um 
She's like, we did see a yurt crawl out of that horse's ear, Rachel said defensively, and we did almost get fried by a bugfighter's dragon beam, I pointed out. You didn't actually see a bugfighter, though, and with pathetic human eyes, who can tell if it's a yurt <laughs> slug or a plain old snake? Now that I can become human again, I can really remember how blind humans are. <laughs> Man, fuck <laughs> And I just you, read that as, I can't... It's just like, I, I nearly read that, I can't believe you've done this. It's just like, <laughs> I cannot believe you don't believe us, Tobias. Um, it didn't say I don't believe you. It's just that it doesn't make any sense. I mean, why would Yurks want to infest some skanky wild horses? What the fuck, Tobias? Fuck. Why do why do birds hate horses? Apparently, <laughs> this feels like some bird beef that we don't know about. Yeah. Tobias is super prejudiced against other animals. It's just like, bitch, my eyesight is so cool. <laughs> <laughs> Tobias Day was morphed into a bird racist. <laughs> Stuck in. You should hear him talk about golden eagles. Yeah, he, I think they give some grief to pigeons later as well. Yeah, they do. <laughs> but um, yeah, so they spot the uh, horses, um, and Cassie's just like realizes that that's not anything weird about them because they're acting like normal horses. Mm -hmm. uh, that there's uh, colts there. Uh, so the, and that the horses they're looking for won't act that way. Uh, yep. Tobias reminds them of their time limit, um, and that they need to demorph. So they head for a pile of rocks and land. Unfortunately, they have overlooked one vital fact that they were on the far side of the sign. Yep. That says this means you. And let yep. me be clear, I was not expecting this to happen. <laughs> uh, they find a rock formation that they can kind of hide inside uh, and they demorph. There's a funny bit about a snake that Marco nearly sits on and Tobias is like, don't worry, it's not it's not a poisonous snake. I'll protect your butt from snake bite. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, and uh, Rachel's like, okay, let's just morph back. We don't really need to rest. This is fine. We've done way more morphing than this. Yeah. Um, I appreciate that earlier in the book, I think we'd gotten the description of the morphing outfits that they wear, which is Rachel's in a black leotard, mm -hmm. Cassie's in like an aerobics outfit, and Marco's just in bike shorts was the impression mm -hmm. that I got. Mm -hmm. This will become important very soon. Also, no shoes. You can't morph shoes. Yeah, can't morph shoes. They're all barefoot. Um, See, if this happened now, you'd get those weird like skin-tight, like, Sneakers with like the f toes as well, uh -huh. which I hate, but I bet you could morph those. You probably could, yeah. Um, Wait a second. So, this is post Tobias being able to morph back into a person after being a trapped as a bird, right? Yeah, his, right. his base state is bird. So, and he can morph into other things and then go back to bird after. I trials. know enough about the rules of this goddamn universe. Uh, how mm -hmm. is he? Does he, is he able to talk to people? Is he now just a psychic bird as his base form? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Lame. <laughs> they could have made that worse for him. <laughs> oh, like, and him not be able to thought speak while he Yeah, was, now he's just a bird. Um, because it's his base. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the Alamist is a dick. I don't think he's that much of a dick. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so they're there just like um, Rachel shrugs about there not being a rush uh, to morph. Oh, just like, it looks like, oh, because there's this uh, wind blowing, just like, it looks like some scene from North Western. The good guys are up here in the rocks hiding from the bad guys. All we need is six guns and rifles. Chick, chick. <laughs> As Cassie turns around, looks up, and there are automatic rifles being pointed at them. Yep. Um, and it takes a moment for Cassie to see the people holding them um, in their camo uh, with some very unfriendly faces. 
Um, and yeah, just moment just like, and they turn on the three of them to get down on the ground, face down on the sand, because Tobias is in hawk mode, obviously, so they don't question him being there. And Rachel, um, but we're not doing anything, Rachel protested, sounding pretty much like I remember her sounding years ago when her mum would catch us rifling through her closet. And uh, one of these guards is just like, you've illegally answered a restricted government facility <laughs> and you're in a world of hurt. And Tobias just like, go with them. Um, I'll keep an eye out for you because one of the soldiers just like, chase away that bird uh, it's, that it's staring at me. Um, we just have, uh, so they're playing along. Yeah. Uh, Rachel is completely unafraid. Mm -hmm. uh, but then Rachel is never afraid. I was afraid, but that's because I'm sane, unlike Rachel. Uh, mm. Rachel's also a pretty white girl. Uh, yep. Uh, which is just her, mm. her flagrant, flagrant disregard for the seriousness of the situation of having multiple automatic weapons pointed at you in the middle of a really top-secret government facility is, uh... It's a lot. <laughs> Um, then the lieutenant is like, okay, get your shoes. And uh, the sergeant is like, no shoes. And the lieutenant is basically just like, how the hell did you get here without shoes? In fact, we haven't sent a car. How did you get there? Get here at all? And Marco fucking goes, it was the Martians, lieutenant. We were dropped here by aliens. Yep. Uh, and we are introduced to Captain Torelli. Uh, who, is who is questioning these three kids in an interrogation room on an Air Force base. Yep. Uh, and uh, Marco is being a little shit. <laughs> hey, Captain, Marco said. How's it going? This is the biggest fucking Dante energy. It's and so good. This. The captain glanced over at the lieutenant who had picked us up. The lieutenant just shrugged. Now look, kids, maybe you don't realize it, but you're in trouble, the captain said. Yes, sir, we realized we made a big mistake, I said. I, it was totally an accident. We didn't even know there was anything back here in the drylands, and boy, we never, ever come back again if you let us go. That's for sure. I smiled in an innocently. I nudged Rachel, and she smiled innocently as well. I prayed that Marco would get a clue and smile innocently so we could just... So, where do you keep the alien, Marco asked. So much for Marco getting a clue. <laughs> <laughs> At the the captain... mm -hmm. Go ahead. Go on. It's just like, and the captain's just like, look... This is an Air Force installation. We don't discuss what we do here, but I'm authorized to tell you one thing. There are no aliens here. Yeah, right, sir. And this, uh, Captain Torelli asks what Marco's name is, and he gives the name of uh, Mulder, Fox Mulder. <laughs> well, you're in a world of hurt, Fox Mulder. You have violated federal law. You could be thrown in prison. Jesus. I'm just like, please. And Cassie's just like, please ignore my, I mean, Fox. You're like, yeah, he's just an idiot. <laughs> Says Ray, we just like to annoy people. We're just kids, you know, we don't mean any harm. Couldn't you give us a warning? A very stern warning, Rachel occurred. And like the cat's like, yeah, no, normally that's what we do. We get our share of Looney Tunes here. Uh, however, this is a mystery because you don't have shoes. <laughs> <laughs> is basically what it boils down to. It's just like, so we're busted for not having shoes, Rachel asks. And Mark is just like, look, what's the big deal, sir? If you have an alien here, why not just tell everyone? <laughs> and the captain is so already done with Marco's bullshit. Just like, I want you to put your names, then your parents, I want to put your names, your parents' phone numbers on the paper. We're going to call your folks. And Marco writes down Fox Mulder and a number. Rachel puts down Dana Scully. 
and number and bless Cassie who can't lie for shit on a good day ends up putting her name down as Cindy Crawford. Yeah, after pausing, all- the captain yeah. stares at her while she's pausing. Don't you know your own name? Mm-hmm. But then, it's like, Cindy the- Crawford. Yeah, and like the lieutenant leaves and Marco's like Cindy Crawford. <laughs> These are every guy in the country knows who Cindy Crawford is. And it turns out Rachel, like, we've got to get out of here because Rachel gave the number for Pizza Hut and Marco gave it for the sports scoreboard recording. And Cassie just put a fake number. Cassie put yeah. what the Wikipedia <laughs> says is that Cassie wrote down like just a sequential <laughs> series of numbers. Yeah. One, one two, eight. three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Um, <laughs> she gave him eight numbers. <laughs> Yeah, and Rachel's just like, okay, I'll morph Grizzly. But Cassie's like, no, as far as we know, these are good guys. They're not yerks. We can't help anyone, hurt anyone. Wait, sorry. gave eight numbers. That's not even a phone number. Exactly. That's the gem. <laughs> um, yeah, so they decide to morph Cockroach uh, yep. to get out. Mm-hmm. And it's as gross as it ever is. Yep. Uh, even Cassie can't make it look attractive. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the... When the uh, Captain Torelli comes back and opens the door, uh, they just zoom out of the room, uh, and the, the <laughs> these army people are just so fucking confused. Mm-hmm. Um, but they zoom out. They they head for daylight. Uh, they get outside. Um, get picked and- up by Tobias. Call for a call for the airlift. Yep. Uh, and Tobias is picks up Marco and Rachel. Uh, Cassie uh, kind of slips out of his grip uh, and falls on the ground. There's a moment of uh, intensity where there's a tank. Uh, she gets rolled over by a tank. She gets rolled over by a tank, but she's a cockroach, so she's fine. I mean, she gets <laughs> wedged in between the treads. Yeah. So. Uh, and... Uh, but she survives. Uh, Tobias picks her up. They all get out of there. Um, and then outside of Zone 91, Tobias puts them down and they all demorph. Um, and Marco grins. I wish I could see the look on Captain Torelli's face when he realizes we've all three disappeared. Rachel punched Marco in the arm. You moron. Why did you keep provoking him with all that alien talk? He would have let us go. Actually, Marco said, with no trace of his usual attitude, he would not have let us go till he contacted our parents, and we couldn't have that, could we? So I deliberately provoked him, because now he'll just write us off as another bunch of deluded wackos. If we seemed perfectly sensible, he'd really wonder what we were doing out there with no shoes. Marco's so smart. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I love him. Mm I appreciate that Rachel's glaring at him suspiciously. She's like, mm, but Cassie, like, called, he's like, he's uh, a clown sometimes, but he's not dumb. Mm-hmm. Um, but they decide that they need to head back uh, because it'll be cooling down soon, fewer thermals, harder flying. Yep. Uh, and Cassie is feeling like an idiot because yep. she was the one who was concerned about this, that they wanted to get there, and all that they've managed to accomplish while being here is getting detained by the military police and almost getting squashed by a tank. Mm-hmm. So, but um, at that moment, they're getting ready to sort of go, and Tobias uh, hears something, and uh, here is where <laughs> the yerked horses show up. <laughs> oh, yep. God. 
Yep, a half dozen horses climbed stiffly down the side of the gully heading for the water. They were led by a gray stallion. Uh. <laughs> and four of the horses lowered their big heads and began to drink. A fifth horse stood guard. The sixth horse was a very nice-looking roan that almost looked like she'd come from thoroughbred stock. This mare paused beside the horse, standing guard, and almost seemed to be whispering in his ear. Then suddenly, the horse began to do what horses do, if you know what I mean. Um, <laughs> that horse the is taking a dump. thirteen-year-olds, they find this funny. Yeah, <laughs> or horse Marco patties, certainly does. prairie pies. <laughs> uh, to my amazement, the horse who had been pooping stopped. The other horses looked over at her and neighed. I could swear they were laughing. Then the horse in question walked away, moved behind a tree out of sight of the other horses, and finished her business. A modest horse. <laughs> this is so dumb. This is so fucking dumb. <laughs> um, but everyone's just like, okay, you guys are satisfied. That That's not a normal horse thing to do. And nobody can argue with the weirdness of a horse going behind a bush to poop. Yes. So. <laughs>